Photographers keeping it real. Photographers keeping it real. This is our podcast. We've never done this before. We practice just a little bit. So we apologize if it's a bit shit. I know it's so good. Oh yeah. Photographers keeping it real. We keep it real cause we like the way that it feels. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast. If you're listening to this on the day of release, then tomorrow, so Wednesday the 23rd of August 2023, we have our monthly member Zoom. Uh, this month's guest is a wonderful David Scholes, uh, known for his storytelling and documentary style multiple award winner and yeah just a really really nice guy so i'm very much looking forward to talking to him if you are a member you can come on live 10 a.m tomorrow um and yeah and ask any questions and um listen to that live it will be recorded though so if you listen to this after wednesday the 23rd and um, you can go into the member zone just log into the website go to the learn tab and you'll see that video with david skulls there so uh, yeah you can catch up with that let me know what you think as always, if there's anyone you'd like to hear from on these Zooms or on the podcast, please let me know and um, you know I'll reach out to them. And it's always nice to hear from new photographers. And um, yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow. The awards uh, have closed. The judges are now going through the images um, and they'll be announced in two weeks time. So around the 5th of September. So yeah, I'm excited to get the next round out. Um, and we'll have one final round for this year before we announced our sort of top 10 for the year and um, our photographer of the year and so on. So, yeah, very much excited to see what the judges have picked. And thank you again to all the judges for this round. So on this episode, we have the wonderful Nathan Walker, Nottingham-based wedding photographer. We talk about um, having four children, juggling weddings around that. We look at tennis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, and we relate that to mindset in business. We look at awards for marketing, shouting about yourself to your couples, um, especially online. We look at initial client calls. Um, Nathan has a great tip for helping couples to visualize working with you and for closing on the call. We talk about presenting final galleries to couples, how Nathan approaches couples pre-wedding, um, on the wedding day. Uh, we talk a bit about the Instagram blue tick, um, so Nathan has it. I don't. Uh, we talk a little bit about that. Um, and then also Nathan's got a workshop coming up this November. So November 2023 uh, in Nottingham. All the details linked below. I think it'll be fantastic. So go check it out if you're interested in a documentary wedding photography um, course or um, yeah, train day with Nathan. I think they'll be packed with a lot of great information. So yeah, go check that out if you're interested. The link's below. For members only, if you are a PKIR member, don't forget you can listen to the full extended version of this podcast where we talk um, to Nathan about marketing and leads, about SEO, which is his you know huge area for him in terms of leads, um, how he worked with that over lockdown. And yeah, he's got lots of great advice on SEO. And um, so yeah, give that a little listen. And um, we also talk a bit about finding strategies that work for you in terms of marketing. Um, so yeah, give that a listen if you remember. Let me know what you think. And yeah, I just want to say thanks again th to Nathan for coming on. So as I said, Nathan, multiple award winner, plenty of awards from Photographers Keeping It Real, from This Is Repertage, fast to become well-known wedding photographer within the UK, especially when it comes to documentary style across the Midlands, all while crazily having four children. Um, so I've got three kids, right? So... There, one's older, so he's all right. He's like fourteen now, so he's like somewhat self-sufficient. Can sleep in. If I take the other two to soft play, he can stay in bed on his own. So it's not too bad. And then we've got a three-year-old and a well, two, two tomorrow. The other one, so three and two. It's already a lot of hard work, especially with like sometimes with weddings and stuff. Like, how do you do it with four kids? My wife's amazing. That's the the, the main thing. Uh, she kind of is very i'm not very organized as a person she's very on it with so so many things we have, we have some we have some good routines and having the structure to to a day or, or to to a week helps um a lot and i can't imagine what life would be like if i had a nine to five sort of office job i just couldn't fit in everything that i need to do in, in a week so i'm just i'm just really um thankful that i have 
the kind of freedom in in my job to be around um in, in the week and it kind of balances the fact that at weekends I'm not here <laughs> for at least a, a certain chunk um of, of of the year yeah but it's it's uh, it's all good and yeah my family my eldest I have a daughter who's eight and then my, my son is five and then we had twins uh over lockdown so our family just doubled over overnight it felt so um yeah that was quite a quite a, quite a surprise yeah twins i guess catches everyone out doesn't it when that happens because especially already got two you think oh we'll have a third and then like all of a sudden it's four and but yeah. oh, man, I, I remember when when we, we met off when we had our daughter we went in for the for the scan and uh we, we were just waiting and someone came out and they looked completely just white and uh we found out they've just discovered they had twins and in my head i was thinking ha ha and uh <laughs> i didn't know yeah several years later that'll be that'll be us in that situation and the jelly over the belly and just seeing the seeing the pictures wow and she goes oh there's another one i was thinking oh it's yeah i don't think i've ever experienced anything quite so momentous and uh yeah i wasn't too pleased with my language at that point because i was in disbelief but yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy no it's good though like it's good fun isn't it because it I don't know about you, but for me, like since having kids, I, I sort of pay even more attention to those relationships at weddings now. Like I think everyone knows, even if you don't have kids, right? You don't care about kids. You you still know that kids are important to people and to the family. So it's not like you know you wouldn't photograph kids if you didn't have kids. But yeah, something like I just kind of can understand that relationship a little bit more about from like a parent's point of view sometimes. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel it's like totally it's changed awesome. the way I shoot kids a little bit now at weddings, sort of thing. If I how I got into the photography as, as, an, as an interest to start with um, began around the time my daughter was was born and um, part of what I love about shooting weddings is I see it as a, an extension of doing the family photography there's kind of documenting family life it just so happens to be the occasion uh, of, of, of a wedding so it's kind of yeah I'm just basically just doing family photography in amongst the the set pieces so you know stuff that you expect to happen at every wedding and people get married there'll be a ceremony what happened outside of that is is uh is the, is the interesting uh bit you know i know what exactly is going to go on but um i'm kind of i like i like weddings wedding for me are better when the children are there um because you've got height to play with uh you can get down low you can change perspective you can shoot down from above and they're not as predictable. Um, they're, you know, I see children, um, last wedding, ate, ate some sun cream, stuff like that. You just wouldn't see. So you, you just wouldn't see a, a, a bloke doing that at a wedding. They'd just be, if there's no children, they're just standing around chatting at the bar. And it's, I find that's harder to find stuff. And yeah, they, they kind of, they're not camera shy as well. Um, I find sometimes because I like to work close, people get a bit weirded out and I have to just say to them, oh, guys, don't worry, you're just a framing device. I'm pointing I'm pointing this camera at you, um, but it's not a picture of you. You're just, I'm just using you to shoot through. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, fine. Um, so the fact that I'm ha- holding my camera down by my crotch, <laughs> it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's not, not a concern to them at all. Then. Yeah, no, I make, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm the same. I like it, like... Yeah, I like it when there's a kid, so it just does add a little bit more. Like you say, it's just a bit more dynamic on the day, isn't it? Which is which is good. Um, do you watch Wimbledon? You... Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, I'd love to go at some point. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, tennis, tennis is, is something that I would, I just, I follow it all year, all year round. It's the only sport that I, I'm really, really into. I can't play it to save my life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I watch. Just, I'm one of those people who watch like I watch the main, you know, like the main tournaments, but not I don't really follow it outside that. But I did watch the Netflix documentary, which similar to the Formula One one, right? Anything on Netflix, I kind of watched, and I'm like, oh, it's quite interesting actually, sort of seeing that behind the scenes a little bit. And um, it was nice to see, in a way, nice to see a new sort of name at Wimbledon, wasn't it? I suppose I thought it was quite good. Enough. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a, a big like Federer um, a lot, so part of me was mm. happy that there was a a new champion just protect Federer's record of a run of five <laughs> and eight eight titles. Um, but yeah, I do I do like uh, Alcaraz. He's uh, it's quite quite fiery. I just and I've seen a few 
I went to the warm-up tournament in Nottingham um, uh, with, with some friends. And I think when you see it live, you just appreciate the, the pace of the game, the speed of it. When you see it on the the, the, the clock, oh, 120 mile an hour serve. Well, when you see it go boom, straight passing, how on earth does anyone get a racket to that? And the, the movement is just... Yeah, a lot of these things yeah. look easier on TV, don't they? You kind of watch it and you think, yeah, it doesn't look... It's like, oh, surely you could have got that. And you, but then yeah, like I say, you realise actually it's, it's a feat of like amazement that they can, uh, they play the way they do. But um, but yeah, it's good. I read on you so as well as um tennis, I read on your website that you're a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Did you watch his net the Netflix documentary thing on him? You see I, him? I I have yeah, and I've, uh, I see. I've, I think he's so fascinating because he he's been the best at every single kind of venture. So he was, he he put bodybuilding on the map. Uh, he was the, the one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid, actor and and kind of for for his for his era, and made some of, in my opinion, some of the, the greatest films of of all time. And and then he became the the governor of California for, for for two terms. So that's pretty it's pretty awesome. And uh, I think one one of the one of the People that he quoted in the documentary, I can't remember who, who it was, but I think it can apply to uh, people who are running the business. It says, um, uh, early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise. Obviously, in his, his thick Austrian accent, which I can't really do. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I can't do accents. But yeah, I, I, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Like very, um, yeah, it's just crazy to think of the, like, how diverse his life's been in a way of like going from one thing to another to another type of thing and um yeah it just seems like a sort of quite funny nice guy isn't he in a way and uh yeah yeah it's his, his mindset's fascinating because he's it was clear from the documentary that he, he'd visualize where he wanted to be and he would work so hard to put everything into place so i think if if arnold schwarzenegger decided right i want to be the best photographer in the world he would he would be the best photographer in the world by whatever measure he wanted to look at where whether it be i don't know fearless number one or whatever because he'd i don't know he's 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 just he's just one of those one of those people yeah it's good i, I like that you yeah managed to sort of bring it back to business a bit because uh yeah it's true about just hard work isn't it and like you kind of that consistent everyone says it don't they like just being consistent and you know whether it's blogging or social media or whatever just being consistent like keep working to kind of improve what you're doing keep posting stuff keep getting it out there like keep chipping away and eventually you kind of you know you'll get there and then the advertised bit i guess makes sense as well but um but yeah it's just yeah, uh, it's funny. i think that's the advertising thing is it, it feels for me anyway it's i find that really hard because but then but then you don't want to you don't want to blow your own trumpet because it feels a bit ugh, a bit icky but if you're self-employed, no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to shout about what you do unless it's you're the mouthpiece of the business. And you say you, you do it in a way that's not kind of showing off, but it's you, you're, you're trying to sort of convey to people that what you're doing requires a certain level of, of attention because you believe in it, you back it and people feed off that and buy into that. Yeah. So this is why awards can kind of be helpful in a way of that. Cause at least it's like, yeah, I know some people still feel a bit, weird about promoting like oh I won another award or whatever but I guess especially ones like fearless and stuff that are like you know are well known within the industry at least I know couples don't generally know a lot about which awards are which but at least within the industry you can kind of feel relatively proud about getting some of the these awards because they're you know they're not just a given and it's just sometimes it can be like an easy way if you're not yeah if you really hate shouting about yourself which I'm the same I find it really awkward at least with an award it's quite a simple thing it's like oh I won an award and post it and that's that it's like a sort of dipping your toe in a little bit to being like self-promoting isn't it i guess yeah yeah i mean sometimes even when i, I, I get an award I'm a, I'm a bit apprehensive about about sharing it because shouting about yourself and, and things but I, I know um at least for one person when i when i shared a particular award i made a booking straight off the back of it so i think they are it's, it's, they're great for, for at least for me for for, for marketing and I, like, like you said scott i think people our brides and grooms haven't they don't have a clue <laughs> what what these awards are why should they care and whenever i'm talking to to someone um 
uh, on a call before they book me, I do make a point of mentioning the war, mentioning awards because it's, it's for me it's a differentiator uh, compared to a lot of the um, people that are in, in in my local area. And that's not to say that I'm better um, than them. It's all to do with their personal choice and who they think they gel with and what kind of style they want. But the point of me um, uh, talking about it is to show them, look. Um, as much as I could, you could like my work, and I could, you could see that I'm good. Other photographers who are who are established uh, validated that and say that I'm that I'm, that I'm okay. And um, but 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 then again, why should you care if I'm consistently winning these things? Um, then it gives you a level of confidence in 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 me that the quality of your work is going to be to a certain certain standard. I, I think that's really reassuring uh, for, for them to hear. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and once they, once they hear that, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking, but um, they, they nod their heads and they, 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 they book. So. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't really mention it. I, like I'll, I'll, I'll post about it if I win an award, obviously, and like sometimes I put it on the website. But um, yeah, I don't really mention it in calls, but it's not like... I say it's not a bad idea, isn't it? Even if it's just like in passing almost, but like I say it can just be a differentiator and especially just speaking to a few photographers. If, usually if you get to the point of calling someone, you've probably seen the pricing, you've seen yeah. their work, obviously you've got to the point where you like them enough to get on a call with them. So if you're doing that to, you know, with three or four photographers, then if that's just the one, you know, it might just be the one thing where it's like, yeah, we kind of like them all, but then yeah, like the fact that someone's won a lot of awards to them could, you know, can be a big thing, can't it? Like you say, depend on what awards they are we know that some are worth more than others probably within the industry but couples don't know that and it's just another little reassurance tick isn't it i guess like that social proof almost yeah yeah it's definitely social proof um i thought andrew billington said something along the lines of when i when i spoke to him um when they're buying when a couple's buying a service like wedding photography it's different from others in that they're paying you for something that doesn't yet exist so they're they're buying into you to your skill set, if you like, um, and and they they're able to say, okay, when I picture my wedding, I think that this style and this person would would fit well with how we want to remember. Um, are, are they obviously? I'm not. We haven't shot their their wedding yet, so you kind of you're you're selling you're selling yourself all all, all the time, and you want to give them the confidence that in a year's time, two years time. Um, that you're you're going to go in there and, and, and do a good job for them. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. So, since you mentioned calls and stuff, then so what do you kind of actively encourage people to jump on calls? Do you kind of leave it as like if you want to, we can, and you, you kind of I know I speak to some photographers and they're like, I basically, unless it's really like I don't know the odd occasion, mostly they'll always push and they'd really want to have you know to speak to their couples. And then what? you mentioned a lot about documentary you starting to plant the seed then even in those initial calls that about how you work and about you know what they can expect style wise and stuff or is it kind of more of a you know generic here's my pricing and do you have any questions type chat yeah um that's a good question um i always speak to the couples before before they book i could see if, if i could get to a point where i didn't have to do that Brilliant. If I was booking my ideal clients without having a conversation, that saves me a lot of time. Um, but I always, I always, um, when I uh, reply to to a, a couple with a inquiry, it's just a link to book a call. It's just I've got connection in Zapier and things like that, so it automatically gets put in my calendar and with my availability, and we can book a call. And even even from the point on my website as well. Sometimes I don't even get an inquiry. It's just oh, someone's booked a call for such a such a time this week go on there have a chat and uh i'm pretty sure that once once someone once someone's committed to having a call it's it's rare that someone doesn't book and uh it's just i use that call as an opportunity to try and understand what it is that they really want and to see if we're on on the same kind of same kind of page so i i do i, I listen more than more than I talk and I ask a lot of questions um, along the way just to really kind of um, sound out and um, one thing I, I would do as well is I would I always give them the opportunity to to see a gallery of a, of a wedding and I think that's important as well I think that helps uh, with with my booking success because if they see my work on Instagram or the website or the blog post it's just a snapshot 
it's just there to make that initial connection. Oh, okay, this looks like the kind of thing that we that we want and and to get that conversation going. But what it won't show you is the quality and the consistency of of, of the the work over say a, a ten hour wedding. Um, it's that they're not seeing my my best of bits. They're they're seeing the the, the whole thing so they can scroll through that. And I'll just say to them, well, can you can you see yourselves in these in these photos? Does this look like how you want to you to remember your your wedding day? And once they start putting themselves in those pictures, I think that that that, that really helps them visualize um, the the end product. And again, it feeds into the confidence that they'll have to to say yes. And when I finish the call, I'll, I'll always I'll always close. I'll always always say, "Yep, do you want a book?" Uh, and most of the time they'll, they'll, they'll say yes. Um, on occasion they'll, they'll say, mm, we'll, we'll speak to someone else and I'll say, okay, cool. How do you want to leave it? And take it, take it from there. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I feel like a few people said that before and it does make sense. Cause I kind of like, again, they've probably seen your pricing, they've seen your work. They like you enough to jump on a call. Then if the call seems to have gone well and you've don't, you know, you're not seeing any issues, it's kind of like, well, what else do you need from me to, to decide whether to book or not like what you know what else is really missing like say they're like well we're going to speak to some others first or whatever fine but but yeah it gives them a chance i guess they might be like oh yeah we love we loved all that like all sounds great we'll book and then you just send stuff out and it's done isn't it rather than you just got that hang on of waiting and life gets in the way and they forget and you kind of that impact you had on the call is like drops a little bit doesn't it i guess in the days or weeks after the call yeah i, I think you have to have to judge it um if you, you've, you've committed time, they've committed their time, they've seen everything, you've answered all their, all their questions, you think you're a good fit, are you just going to go, see ya, I hope to hear from you soon? <laughs> it's, and and I, I, I kind of, I laugh about it because that's what I, I would have done in the, in early on before I had the confidence and I did some sales training uh, around that um, as well just to um, know how to kind of handle sounds bad i'm sure there's a better word for it objections <laughs> and, mm. and and to provide that re- reassurance and stuff but yeah just to say do you want a book and then that's that's the aim that's ultimately that's the aim isn't it you want you want that you want to to serve them and you want to book them if they're the right fit and if you've got a sense of that you'd be be pretty bad for you not to ask the question uh at least and i think they'd appreciate it as well and they'll, they'll look at each other and they'll go yeah okay what happens next and then uh talk them through the next steps yeah that's a really good tip um you said about sharing a gallery and do you just send them that prior to the call do you are you screen sharing that like you know if you're chatting to them on zoom do you screen share your screen with a gallery open and then like talk through it how does that you just send it to them when you're on the call for them to look through while you're chatting like what's the what's yeah the i usually just ping the link um to the gallery while i'm on the call um i, I try not i try not to talk when they're when they're going through it but then at the same time I don't want them to, there's so many photos in there take ages and it's just like really dull and boring for them because they're looking at other people's photos. It's not too exciting yeah. um, for them. So uh, they have the option there to like, hop around the, the, the gallery um, as well. Um, I've seen quite a few galleries from photographers and I think what I do that's useful to them that's, that's is um, I organize the, the gallery into intersections to make it really easy for them to hop around. So let's say they were interested in, oh, what would a group shot look like? Because um, that is, you know, that's still an important part of the of the day, as much as those documentary, uh, you know, leading people just want to get them out of the way as quickly as possible. They, so they can just navigate to that, um, and then um, for that, for and then I just make the point of saying, well, it makes it really easy as well for your guests after the wedding if they want to find a photo, they can go up, oh, click to go to group shots. They can purchase that photo um, if they want by print. Um, just want to make it as easy as possible for people um, to, to use. And showing them the gallery as well allows them to experience the final product. So because that's ultimately what they're going to get is the photos edited in my vibrant style or kind of curated. And it's supposed to be like a nice experience. Um, I don't, don't want them to open their wedding photos in the gallery and think, oh, my goodness. Scroll, 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 scroll. I want them to be able to see it's nicely laid out, and they can find things and just have that hands-on experience. They can they can then place themselves and say, "Yeah, okay, this is how this is what we want." Um, so that's also the other reason why I would do that. But I do it all on the call, and then if there's any any questions that they have, 
about how I approach a particular aspect of the day gives them opportunity to um to go to go through that. Yeah, that makes sense. So you do you are using pick time? Yeah, pick time. I was using something else before that. I think pick time's been fantastic because of the sales automation on there. Um, I actually make a little bit of money from from a, a wedding because which is good. That's um, what's it called? Just a passive income for um, I think that's the right word because yeah, we, yeah, we've done the work. Right. We've got the we've generated the business. We've done a good job. We've given them the the photos they're all happy um their their guests and things want to kind of purchase prints which just makes it really easy um for them to 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 do that so yeah yeah do you say because with pick time i'm right in thinking so if you upload if you've got everything in folders like getting ready whatever it'll like do Mm. the scenes for you right do you do it that way or do you set a scene in pick time then upload like export from say lightroom all the getting ready pictures then upload them or so i just put it in one big thing just purely for like the ease of it but um you're right it's a lot easier for couples obviously to have it separated and for anyone looking through it i'm probably just being lazy with it so i'm just wonder because i I feel like i looked at it before and i think yeah i'm sure people say if you just upload a folder but then within each folder there's like you know each scene is within a folder it'll all automatically do it do you do it that way or do you you like setting a scene? I'm sure there's a better way to do it than I than I do it. Um, from a workflow point of view, what I would do is I have a template set up in in PickTime, so it, I've got, I have a wedding template and it it kind of categorizes different things. So I have uh, what was it? Yeah, like like prep, like getting ready, ceremony, and then uh, reception, evening, then groups. So it's just five, and then then I just um, when I'm uploading, I just grab those photos and just ping them across and it just means i have to do the upload dragging photos five times that's it Mm -hmm. Uh, or however many categories i've got so it doesn't actually add that much that much time um but i i personally i think it the 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 product is 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 better than just having an endless stream of photos yeah and i to be fair i agree um yeah that's cool yeah so make it easy yeah because i guess you're t- yeah within the templates you can already have like getting ready you know portrait ceremony whatever already set up as scenes so you don't have to like create them each time oh yeah you yeah, just yeah, click the button it's done then you just drag into the drag your photos into each scene mm. okay cool i'm delivering a wedding today so maybe i'll give it a go after this call but yeah cool okay nice so in terms of on the day and stuff then so you know you're speaking to couples obviously they book do you are you then speaking to him again before the wedding? Are you like a questionnaire guy? Are you sort of chatting much to them before the wedding about like you know if the parents are still together and family links and all that stuff? Is it more just a timing thing and then you're focusing on it on the day? What's what's your like approach to that? Yeah, uh, so another good question. So um, what I have is um, before I get to a point of uh, when they run up to the wedding. I have a, a workflow set up in my CRM um, of a series of emails that will go out. So it's like a heads up. It's three months before your wedding. This is what kind of what to expect. And I'll, I'll give them various different tips that are going to help them make the most of their day from a photography standpoint. So um, I'll give tips on how to get their group shots done um, efficiently because it makes better use of their time and my time. Um, and I kind of I kind of drip feed them along the way and that helps them when it comes to the the, the week before the wedding is when i when i book a give them a, a link to book a call uh, with me and then and they've had a questionnaire as well before that just to flesh out the details um in terms of time and then the purpose of the call then after that is to double check that there's been no changes between the questionnaire that was sent me and the running order as it stands. And then we'd, I use that call just to answer any questions, any concerns that they have. And then just to touch base as well, because um, sometimes, well, not I say sometimes, I can't remember what these people look like. <laughs> so I jump on the call thing. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I did I did book you. I know your face now. And that, that that's good um, to, to know ahead of the wedding. Um, so that's reassuring for me. And um, yeah, and then I'll, I'll, I'll just talk to them about any kind of practicalities. Um, it just, you know, what happens if the weather's rubbish and we have to change the the, the plan for, for this, this and that. Basically just to reassure them whatever happens, they can have a great day. 
you don't have to worry about the the photography i know exactly what's going on where and when i need to be in any particular place and and, and then any, anything that not mentioned in the questionnaire i'll ask for things like that i'll, I'll even i'll even say to them as well like who just because it helps me prioritize particular people who are the criers who's who's most likely to to do that i'll be looking for that in a day anyway people who are stuffing tissues in their pockets and things but just to help me get an eye um in, in that um it can be a useful bit of uh information because that that's what it's all about is for me is is capturing the the day in the best possible way so the more information that i can gather prior to the wedding the better prepared i can be on there obviously things never go to plan anyway but uh, it's good to have a plan yeah and that makes a lot of sense you sound very organized with like mentioned like zapier and like you know with tech and calendar links and stuff like that like i'm not not quite that organized stuff. like i'm i do have a system still so my crm will flag up like yeah it's time to send the questionnaire and stuff so i've got that but um but yeah i can't keep on top of the calendars like calendly and all those things i just forget to put things in and block it out and then if i ever sent a link obviously people booking calls and i think it, i'm free and then i'm not free and it does happen to me a lot mm. yeah it's it's yeah, the amount, the amount of times I've had to reschedule things. And I, 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 I might start, if I've come across a sounding techie, that's amazing, because uh, I'm just not. <laughs> okay. I, find, I find all this, all this, all this, just all these moving wheels or the technology, I just find it so complicated. I can barely work my phone most of the time. And mm-hmm. uh, Instagram does not for me. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. Well, yeah, like I, I don't know, it sounded organized anyway, so that's good. If nothing else, <laughs> it's obviously working. Perfect. So on the day itself then, so you're obviously you're like strong documentary style, at least that's obviously what you're trying to book for. And that's what you show, you know, predominantly on your website and talk a lot about and stuff is what you're kind of known for, at least to me anyway. And on a day, how are you kind of approaching each thing? Are you getting to, you know, into a room, say, and are you naturally just assessing like light and I don't know, shapes and doorways and all that sort of stuff? Are you focusing on people? Like how much interaction are you having with like the couples and the guests? I know I've read on your website that you, you're not sort of, you know, completely just silent in the corner. You will like chat and interact with people, but how, how where do you sit on that sort of photojournalistic documentary, do nothing approach slash, you know, being a bit more involved? Yeah, no, uh, how, how do I sit on the in- involvement side of it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm completely hands off. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell people that um, right the way through the conversations, even on the day, first thing I'll do is just check in, the bri- check in with the bride, ask how she's doing, and, and uh, just remind her, right, just do what you need to do. Um, don't feel like at any point you need to stop what you're doing or, or, or look at me. I'm not going to reposition you, even if the light's better over there. I'm not going to ask you to move. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start rearranging things or asking anyone to like, get involved if I miss stuff. It is what it is. Um, I, I'm just going to be observing um, from that point of view, and that kind of feeds into the rest of the day. I even chat to the guests as well and just say, please don't feel like you need to move out of my way. Uh, sometimes I'll just use where you are to kind of frame frame my shots because it's kind of natural reaction for people to see the camera and think, oh, I'm in the way and, and move. Yeah. But sometimes that's to my disadvantage because I'm seeing them there. I think, all right, if I could if I could use them as a frame or shoot through and create some depth and then they move to be like, Oh yeah. So try and, I try and establish that quite, quite early on, um, establish my working distance as well. I like to work quite, quite close, uh, help people, people set in. I'll just take a really bad picture to start with just to the point of just putting the camera in the bride's face. And uh, just as she kind of gets, gets used to that quite quickly and everyone around can see, Oh, okay. Nathan likes to work, work fairly, fairly close. And then as a start off in, in bride prep, usually I'm, I'm, a, I'm just observing if I can look for look for where the light is, uh, what what the symmetry is like, where the where the where the mess is, how I'm going to frame out some stuff, use negative space, or sometimes incorporate that mess as well to tell part of the story. Sometimes I'm just inc- I'm working on this year anyway to encourage myself to step back, step back a bit and try and incorporate more of the more of the wider scene. I hope that answers your your question. Yeah, yeah, of, no, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm the same. Like the scene thing's tricky, isn't it? Because like, like I say, I generally work quite close, and then, but yeah, sometimes you forget that. Like actually, if you take a step back, yeah, sometimes you, I can add more into the scene to make it more, even more storytelling, or at least more visually interesting, or just add a bit more into it. Because um, yeah, it's nice getting in close. I think, for, like I say, for a lot of things with emotion and you know decluttering a lot and stuff. But um, but yeah, it's um, no, it's good. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah, how are you like? How, how much are you anticipating things and are you like, it's kind of a hard question, right? But 
are you like really reactive mm. to things are you you know are you focusing on like right i know, I don't know the relationship is really important with it auntie or something so like after the ceremony when everyone's hugging everyone i'm going to be focusing on her or you know how much you just like i'm just going to look for what looks nice and and do that sort of thing i i think listening to your interview with christian levin yesterday he he put it in a really good way and so i I think it'd be useful describing this way there's there's hunters and then there's 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 fishers the hunters are the people who are if you if you're in the if you're if you're in hunting mode you're you're reacting and sometimes you, you need to be in that. Some things happen that you didn't anticipate and you need to try and, if you can get a safe shot and then then then, then work, work your composition and, and get something that, that's a lot better than the, the first shot that you took. But sometimes just getting the one shot is all, all you can get and the bride will be, the bride and groom is going to be happy happy with that. Cause, and then But then there's some moments that you anticipate, which is a bit like the, the fishing, you're throwing in the line you're, you're framing up, you've observed what's going on or something's done, somebody's done something and you, you think they're likely to do that again. But then this time I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait. I'm going to link things up and then boom. Um, so there's there's a mixture of those approaches that I, I, I guess we, we would all do um, throughout, the, throughout the day. And then depending on what's going around, sometimes a more hunter, sometimes a more fisher, fishermen depending on what the pressure is for for, for for time and um how how people are moving around as well that you know how busy the scene is that affects how i would approach uh, different different elements of the day yeah the hunter fisher thing's gonna have to have to clip that up and um put it on instagram or something but um yeah yeah it, was just, cool. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense doesn't it so like mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose like I say everyone's poly a mixture of both, and I suppose some people just sway more towards one than the other. And I think I'm guilty sometimes of not leaving things long enough. Like I kind of see a, see something happen, don't quite get it quite right, like the composition's off or just slightly mistimed the moment or whatever. And I'm not kind of just giving it a bit of time to maybe for it to happen again or for something similar to happen in the same, like say, nice composition or nice light or whatever. And uh, I'll kind of move on, and then you just end up with kind of almost their shots sometimes and you're not quite the the actual the, like the perfect one almost but um but yeah i'm conscious of that really in my mind sometimes so um i have to try and remember that next wedding and think if it, yeah if it fits, i think to do a bit more for, for me be, practicing being more patient as a real kind of kind of payoff i think when i when I first started, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Oh, I need to be everywhere at once. I need to capture everything. And I'll, I'll just get a shot of so many different people basically doing nothing. Um, and now I'm, I'm more in tune with sewing back, um, just being, just basically being more fisherman to, to use that description. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just waiting uh, for things to kind of come together. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a marathon. I'm there for many, many hours. And if, if I don't get a particular picture, if it didn't work out, that's just documentary wedding photography, isn't it? I, I guess you, you have ideas, you, you, you pursue things, you, you try things out, you follow them through, you pursue a moment until it's gone and you do the best that you can. And you look for the, you look for the next one and you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And sometimes at a wedding thinking, oh, I'm not really feeling it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kind of getting what I want. But always when it comes to the cull and the edit, I think overall, I always do a good job. Um, but some weddings give me more opportunities than, than, than others um, for, for, uh, to, to do certain, to do certain things. But it's kind of the, the fun of it for me is, and I, I guess for a lot of people is um, once you've got, once you've got the safe shots down of the key events, everything's just playtime yeah that's it it's only like say the first kiss and you know whichever the couple usually the bride but walking down the aisle or like the first look and there's like little things like that is in a way say they're kind of the almost must have shots and then outside of that it's yeah people aren't really the couple aren't going to know probably if you missed something or you didn't miss something so you kind of got that opportunity i think i have to remember that as well like they don't you know not they don't want three thousand photos of every little bit of the day of random stuff. Like it's better to have those, you know, really well placed and timed shots and stuff. And I think on, on that as well, things that we we miss, they won't know about it because we wouldn't deliver it. The thing I find hard to live with is I'm quite hard on myself because I, I, I expect myself to be able to get that, and I missed it. Like, oh, why did I miss it? What could I do better? And I try not to beat myself up too much on the day because that, that affects the next thing I'm about to photograph and i think part of the reward in in keeping on pursuing little, little moments and stuff is you don't yes you know you know what you missed 
Um, but you might get something that you didn't expect to capture that was better than the thing that you were kind of annoyed about missing an hour ago. And I, I yeah, it's just reminding myself of, of, of that. Yeah, I got like last a couple of Saturdays ago, whenever it was, I had um, so like it was two brides. One of the brides' dad like was on the table. I still don't exactly know 100% what happened. But anyway, I was like photographing the dance floor and this was a different room. Um, so they weren't far from each other, but it was a different room. And anyway, so I was just, I was photographing the dance floor and whatever around there. And I wasn't, I was in and out of the room a little bit, but I just wasn't at that point and stuff. And um, anyway, something happened and it was like commotion. So obviously I could hear like, oh, something's happening there. I'm going to go through and like the table had collapsed. So like there was glasses on the floor and obviously mess everywhere. So I've got some photos of the aftermath and so it's still something there to remind me of it. But I didn't get, obviously hit the table collapsing would have been great. Or the dad dancing on the table, like that sort of thing is obviously a great moment sort of thing of the wedding and something that we talked about. I just didn't get it. I just wasn't in the room and it like obviously there's nothing I could do. So I was getting the dance floor stuff and I was, you know, I'm still conscious of when the dance floor, especially if it's a busy dance floor for long periods of still having those points where obviously I have a little wander around the venue and find those people who are maybe just chilling in the corner quietly or other things that are going on, especially with key people like parents. But yeah, I just mm. wasn't, obviously I just missed it. And, um, and they, I don't think the couple are going to care. Like they've, you know, they've got some of the aftermath and they've got other stuff. So it's not like an issue for them. I don't think I haven't delivered it yet. So we'll find out. I noticed you've got, we were obviously a message on Instagram. You've got the blue tick. You've done the verification thing are you anything happened with that in the minute you sort of notice any difference yeah i just just really like collecting badges um thought the looks really nice um no um why did i why did i do it i'm just trialing it to to see um instagram's platform that's the game they want to play um if they move if they are moving to some kind of you know paid subscription type type service where in order for you to reach people um there's a there's a there's a fee for that then fair game if they want to do that i just see it as a, as a marketing ex- expense um uh, instagram it's difficult for me to know how much of a influencer it is because people sometimes i guess i think people primarily find me through the website and then they'll do the exploration and then look me up on the instagram so um it's rare that i'll get an inquiry through instagram most of my bookings kind of come through the website. I think Instagram adds to the the wider picture, and I, I it's more up to date as well than the website. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just I just use it as a as a tool to have a live portfolio and to chat to other photographers. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to do it. I just haven't I haven't yet, but I'm just in, in, interested in whether it's made a difference. But like mm. I say, I know it's a, it's annoying to pay because it's always been free. But in the grand yeah. scheme of things, if you know if you're getting anything from it, like say if it's just even whether it's couples find you on there booking you through there, or it's yeah, like say just find you other places, going there for a bit of kind of I'll just see what it's about and see images and just to you know just as like a secondary tick almost like you say it's anything that helps the booking. But if you get like one booking even I guess or two bookings say a year because of helping from Instagram, I say, whether that's them finding you or that kind of just backing up that you're a real person and that you're good at what you do, whatever, then it's worth that like eleven ninety nine a month or ten ninety nine a month, whatever it is, isn't it? So I guess it's not like ridiculous amount that they're asking. It's just, yeah, I think yeah. because it's been free, everyone's suddenly like up in arms about it. And so, yeah, I'll probably give it a go at some point. Also, I've got loads of Instagram accounts. So I can only really do it. I think you've got to have your name on there, haven't you, and your face and stuff. So I can't really do it for like the PKR one. Um but I could do it for my own one, I guess, and just see see how it goes. But it'd be interesting to know from the couple's side if they even know what it's about. It's not like anyone's said to me, "Oh, oh, you got blue tick? Oh, that's so cool!" Or, "Oh, oh, we're, we're so happy." <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one. No one seems to. No one seems to care, uh, and practically, it's made n- no difference as of yet to post performance story or, or or anything like that. So I don't if if. If the people we're trying to reach don't understand what it's about or how it's a differentiator in any way, because one of the points that's given for that is like like you said, Scott, is to show people that you're a genuine business, you've been verified, you are who you say you are, and you're you're legit. Someone that's looked just scrolling through Instagram trying checking out photographers, how much of a difference does it make? Because they'll just look at the photos and, and see your content and think, I like that. Um, to them, a blue tick doesn't doesn't necessarily gonna it's gonna clinch anything but i might be wrong yeah i suppose the more people get it then if you haven't got it you'd be like they might be like oh why doesn't that why isn't that person mm. verified so i guess there's that as well isn't there it's quite a clever marketing thing for instagram i guess so yeah the more people that get it the more i feel especially as well like oh, i'm gonna have to have it just to 
just to keep up with everyone else type thing almost, you know, like I say, it might make no difference, but um, I suppose because it's monthly, it's not a lot of money, like it's not too bad. So I probably will, I suppose anyone can just try it, can't they, and see, like say, if it makes any difference or not, and then down the line, just stop it, I guess. But, yeah. yeah, I have all these ph- photographers having um, FOMO, anxiety, uh, they go, yeah, oh, everyone's got one around me, I need to get it so I don't look like I'm, I know, I'm not on, on par, par with them. Mm. I, I think that's a, where it could where it could go. Um, at least that was part of some of my thinking as well. I see people getting it. Think, oh, okay, yeah, fine. The, I, I, I like these. I like that. I like these uh, these guys, and they're, they're doing it. I'll give it a go. Uh, let's talk a bit about your workshops. You're running a workshop in November, right? Nottingham area. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. So, um, yeah, my workshop is going to be um, the end of end of November. It's going to be uh, my, my first one, and um, I'm, I'm ho- what I want to to, to, to bring is um, my take on wedding photography, how I approach all aspects um, of, of the day. So I know a lot of people listening to this that have a documentary uh, mindset and there's a lot of things we have in common and we all like to inject our personality into in, into what we do. And it's a, it's a craft, and I think we can we can definitely learn um, from from each other. And it's about finding those little improvements we can we can make to aspects of, of the day. And um, I think it just for example, listening to the podcast, hearing different photographers, think, oh, okay, yeah, I can glean um, something from that because I know personally for me, I want to go into each wedding and do the best possible job um, that I can, and and to keep it fresh and exciting for for me, it's kind of looking at what could I, what could I just change small bit change to make me feel more satisfied with my work and, and, and keep producing really good work for the, um, for, for the couples. And, um, what I've benefited um, a lot from in the past is having my photos uh, critiqued and what I'm offering on, on my workshop is, is the opportunity for people to share their, their, their strongest work and we're going to unpack it and go, go through it and make suggestions think why were you there why could you not be there how could you frame it differently could you have waited for it to come together thinking through all these different thought processes is i think it's going to be really helpful for people to take away and then they can start looking at their own photos in, in greater detail and take that thought process into the wedding so when they're composing their shots they can say oh, okay maybe ask the maybe could i do this could i do that and just think about those possibilities and to, um, as I said, yeah, I, I've, I've found personally having my photos critique has been such a, um, a good thing for me because it, that's definitely helped me improve my photography. So I want to help. I think it'd be a good way to help people to do that. That's one side of the workshop. And the, the, the second side of the workshop is um, I'm going to be sharing a bit about how I run uh, my my business and talking about my experiences and in, in, in doing doing that um, particularly as someone that's new to the industry um, having left my day job at the I didn't know at the time but it was it looked like the worst possible time to to, to leave at the end of 2019 and how I've gone from that position with an empty calendar to um, a number of bookings I'm really happy with for the last uh three years and, and and going on going on from there so uh yeah i'm gonna talk about how how i've achieved that various different structures in, in my in my business and may, i'm hoping that people can glean things from that maybe i've thought about something that you haven't maybe you've thought about something i haven't and we can just chat it's going to be it's going to be a dialogue as well as as um it's not just going to be like a no a, a presentation um sort sort of thing that's why again i want to keep the numbers numbers small so it's going to be it's going to be really fun and i feel people get a lot out of it yeah no it's that like it sounds really really good and the critique stuff is always really helpful i know it's hard sometimes for people to put themselves out there for critiques because you feel kind of you know quite personally in love with your own work potentially or like you say it feels a bit personal but it's yeah, it's such a good way to learn. So like you say, you can see other people's work and like, oh, it's a wonderful image. How do you do that? And you can hear from them and it's useful for learning. But when it's your own work, especially, I just think, well, I, I know what was going on in my mind at the time. I know why I chose that spot or why I framed it that way. So then when you're hearing other people's takes, and it's like, well, do you think actually if you're just taking a step, I don't know, to the left, 
you know, the background would be cleaner or all these, you know, these little tips. You think, oh, yeah, that's right. I was just rushing a bit. Or like you say, you just take that forward to the next wedding. So it's just in the back of your mind then. So you just think, oh, yeah, I remember we said about try getting lower or higher or like say moving slightly or, you know, what's the story here and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And you, you sort of ask yourself these questions. It's going to lead to you, you know, creating better images down the line ultimately. And, uh, yeah, I'm a massive fan of critiques. I think that's really good that you're adding that into the to the workshop and uh, obviously being a C, I guess, having your own work critiqued and seeing other people having their work critiqued. So from that, you're going to take probably a lot, I imagine, which will be, um, yeah, it should be really fun. So, yeah, good, good luck with it. Obviously, I'll link below so if you want to check out nathan's workshop there's a link below for it um and i'll post it in the group and stuff mate, anyway for you and um and yeah just good luck yeah so we'll jump uh, over to some members only content shortly because i want to do want to talk a little bit about marketing and leads and just that discussion like you say you left sort of your full-time job in 2019 you then obviously navigated through the pandemic onto the side you know booking a good amount of weddings every year um showing your style well and and attracting the right couples and stuff so i want to delve into that a little bit for members only so if you are a photographer's giving it your member um to make sure you're using your link and um and uh yeah and listen to the the full episode where we talk a little bit um me and nathan will chat a bit more about leads and marketing but um but yeah if not thanks so much for for checking out the episode really do you want to say a little bit more nathan about where people can find you then where can people find out about the workshop and yeah your work and stuff yeah sure um best place to uh, find me is at uh, nathanwalkerphotography.co.uk and um then my uh, my web wedding photography workshop is just uh quite handily called documentary wedding photography workshop and uh and in in the in the url um and i guess you pop a a link in the uh, podcasty bit. Um, yeah, please have a check it out. Be be great to see see some of you there. Meet meet some of you there. So yeah, I'm sure it'd be absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, you've got like a four photographers on your website and at the top, so it's quite easy to find. And um, yeah, I'll link everything below anyway. So please, yeah, go and check out Nathan's work. Have a look at his workshop um, if you're interested in that. I think that'd be really really good. Uh, yeah, and just thanks so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Well, cheers for having me on. Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.